This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by C. Dick Run. If you haven't gotten back into your running routine since the holidays, time is now. Let SDR help you get back into the game. Need a group to keep you accountable? Check out the Thursday evening group runs. Every Thursday, the group meets from the shop to get a few miles in, then heads over to the Rhombus Brewery for a free pint. And be sure to check out SDR's social media pages to find out when they're having their Saturday morning pancake runs. That's right, they're glorious, so be on the lookout for those. If you are not a distance runner, but maybe you're a sprinter, check out SDR's preseason speed program. That's right, for all you track sprinters out there, contact SDR, join in on the 75-minute speed sessions, and get yourself into tip-top shape for this upcoming track season. That's right, all that and more at Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. Corey Nagel joins the podcast amid her strong start to the 2023 indoor campaign. The Dickinson State thrower tossed the shot put 13.88 meters for all you imperialists out there, 45 feet, six and a half inches. She did that back in December, and while she did it, she set the Dickinson State school record and climbed up to number one in the nation for NAIA. The crazy part? She now owns school records not only at Dickinson State, but also at Minot State University. Corey transferred from MSU, where she owns the weight throw and the discus records, to Dickinson State prior to this season. In our interview with her, she shares about her rise from small-town North Dakota recruit to All-American and how she's adjusting to a new university. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. We've had a great time getting all this content out to you in 2023, but we're not done. we got a whole lot more to come. This is the Gear of the Field athlete. We played a fun little game at the end of this episode. I can't wait for you to... Uh, hear that and kind of see where this podcast is going to go for the year. But once again, thank you for your support. We can't thank you enough. Uh, but enough about us. Let's get started with the latest episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we are super excited to bring you Dickinson State's finest thrower. She is got a really great story. So she's got the Minot School record in the weight throw and the shot put. She's now the proud owner of the Dickinson indoor shot put record. And she's number one in the nation in NAIA. So Corey Nagel, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I'm just... Really interested. You are from center North Dakota, and I feel like I'm yep. always pretty good with my North Dakota geography, but I had to double check where center <laughs> is, and it literally like literally is the center. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's a really small town, probably about less than six people, probably. Um, north, yeah, northwest of Mandan, probably about 30. So, yeah. What uh, what are some takeaways that you can give us or insights into growing up in in center? <laughs> um, like I, a lot of people, I feel like enjoy growing up in a small town, but like I absolutely loved it. Um, I got to take part in a lot of things. You know, I guess like, um, yeah, I was very active in sports, the school volleyball, basketball, and track. Um, active in like band, choir um science club stuff like that just like everybody's pretty much involved in everything just because there's such low numbers um I graduated with like 16 kids in my class 
Um, that's probably about the average size, I would say. I'm not really, I know some of the younger grades have a few more students, but um, when I was in high school, that was the class size for most of the classes. So, and so tell us a little bit about like some of the other sports because throwers get this rap like, oh man, we all we do is we hang out, we like don't work that hard. We're just kind of like, I don't want, I don't want to say lazy, but people just like think the throwers are just one person, but. <laughs> Obviously, you guys are so athletic. And so tell us about some of the other sports that you competed in. Like, I'm sure, like, being from a small town, you're probably a basketball player. Um, you know, tell us about some of your other, like, athletics growing up. Yeah, so um, in center, you could start volleyball in third grade. And so I started playing in third grade and played all the way up till my senior year. Um, basketball, I started in fourth grade. Um, so pretty young as well. And then played all the way through. Um yeah, I would say those two sports took up most of my time because I didn't um, start throwing until I was an eighth grader. So yeah, I was very active in volleyball and basketball, especially in my elementary years and middle school years. And I guess, yeah, all the way through my high school years, very busy throughout the summer. There's a lot of because, you know, there's not a whole lot of camps that schools offer and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, very active with like volleyball leagues, basketball leagues that our school would do um, camps at the school at host and just stuff like that. And like, how, how crucial do you feel like that plays into the throws? Because, you know, we have a little bit of insight into throws. Like we've talked to other throwers on the podcast, but how do you feel like, you know, growing up playing those sports, how are they still helping you now? Well, I feel like they were kind of the foundation that helped like kind of make me an athlete, you know, cause I didn't just start throwing. I had other sports before that. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think. Because, like, I mean, I just think of, like, like what position did you play in volleyball? I was a middle I was a middle hitter. Yeah, and so, like, you know, the jumps, like, the plyos, those, the plyometric training you're doing then, I'm yeah, sure is just, sure. you know, crucial sure. into what you're doing now when you yeah. guys are flying across the ring. Right. I guess, like, even for basketball. So we did spend time, like, in the weight room during the spring and summertime. So that definitely helps, you know, strength training um, for that. And I guess, like, you know, a little bit of – in basketball of course and so yeah that helps with um explosiveness because throwing is a very explosive sport so yeah just stuff like that and what you mentioned about volleyball with plyometrics and yeah i feel like one of the the biggest things that team sports uh can teach any track and field athlete is is like to well to be be an all-around rounded athlete but to have uh fun in and to be competitive you know, track and field being such an individual sport, I think it, it would be hard for a lot of people to find the the motivation or the, you know, the fire to be to be competitive, just you against everybody else. But in team sports, you know, you have the team around you and and you're it's just very it's much clearer, like objectively, like, oh, we're trying to beat that team, whereas in in throwing, you know, in the field events or the track events, you know, it's it's a lot of times you might not have a chance to win uh, a meet, uh, but you got to find a way to push yourself and challenge yourself. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a tough thing to learn if you're just in track at a young age, but team sports do a great job of, of, of teaching you how to be, be competitive. So. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I guess like the girls in my class, at least. So there was like five of us that played basketball and we were all loved basketball in high school. So we enjoyed like working together. Um, 
it was fun, like getting to play with each other, you know, set goals with each other from fourth grade on and getting to try to, we came just a little short of accomplishing our final goal our senior year of making it to state. But um, yeah, getting to do that with people is definitely really fun. I did enjoy that about team sports, which I guess like track. Yeah, it definitely is a little bit more individual, but it's mm-hmm. fun having. So in high school, I didn't have any throwing teammates. So coming to college, it was fun getting to be surrounded by like other people who enjoy throwing, who have the same passion for it. And you just kind of like, Cheer each, other, um, cheer each other on and stuff like that so it makes that really fun yeah that that that's one thing I love about uh, North Dakota track and and the North Dakota colleges uh, is you find a lot of those athletes who you know in any single event train all by themselves you know uh, right. for track and then they come to college and they finally have teammates and they're so fired up and they're so amped up yeah. just to, to see a whole nother aspect of of track and field, the team aspect of track and field that they found in other team sports and they loved, but now they get to experience that in track. So uh, that's why we we always, you know, encourage people over the podcast, like it doesn't matter what division, what level, what school, like if, if you're interested, like in competing at the next level, you can find a place and you should find a place because you never know what you'll experience. No, college athletics has been so fun so far. Like I could have never imagined it being this fun, but yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I like chose it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about high school. So you mentioned like, you know, your kind of youth development in volleyball and basketball and you started throwing in eighth grade, but tell us a little bit about your high school throwing career uh, and how you kind of set yourself up to be able to go uh, and get signed by Minot, Minot State. Yeah, so I didn't start throwing until my eighth grade year. Um, center principal that year, and he was took over the football program at the high school and was going to take over the track and field program. Um, and he just kind of talked me into. Um, he's like, "Hey, you should come throw." And I was like, "Okay." Um, I didn't. It was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. He kind of um, he built a really good for me that I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, unfortunately, he was only my eighth grade and freshman years and then he moved back home to California um so I was left without a throwing coach in center um high school career so sophomore year on but um he promised me that he would contact me contact with me um so I would send him film throughout kind of a little bit throughout the winter because I wanted to you know train on the off season a little bit and he was able to kind of coach me through that so he actually taught me how to full spin over um over video actually so most of the training was done through that that's that, crazy yeah that is so cool <laughs> that, i mean it, it's so cool how different people find ways uh to train and i mean we have a we have a friend and teammate austin schmidt it, correct me if i'm wrong ryan but he learned the javelin by watching like vhs tapes that his like coach you know the sprints coach had at his high school in stanley I know, I know Riley did that. Riley, Riley did that. Yeah. Yeah. Austin probably dusted off those DVDs or yeah. <laughs> VHS tapes and did it too. But yeah. Um, no, it's just like, it's crazy. And I know even MSUM did that for a while because their, their jumps coach, uh, is it Dave Bergstrom? Um, has probably, I hope I said that right. But uh, Cam, you'd recognize him. Corey, you might too. He was one of their older coaches and he was going to retire and he moved to, Florida for the winter or something, but like they still needed him to coach. So they'd set up the iPad and he'd coach yeah. on Zoom and uh, Yeah, it's definitely a unique way of like learning, but 
I mean, we, I, my question, I made it work. So. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So then just tell us a little bit about like kind of some uh, region and like state meets um, how like, yeah, tell us like your experience. Cause obviously you got a taste of that and you wanted to continue. So what would the state meets have been like for you and, uh, and kind of the transformative process and saying, I want to pursue track at the next level. Yeah. So, um, my high school coach, his name was George Duenas. Um, he, I remember him asking me, I don't remember if it was my eighth grade or freshman year, but he was like, do you think you want to throw in college? And I'm going to be honest, I was kind of a late bloomer when it came to throwing. Like I didn't have any marks that I was actually proud of until my sophomore year. Um, and I, but I loved doing it, even though I wasn't very good at it. Um, and I was like, yeah, like, like I want to throw, like I want this. Um, so my freshman year, last year there, I was just, I was like six feet off of hitting the qualifying mark for this. But um, the way class B works is top three in your region gets to go to the state. And I was in third place all the way through finals. And then the girl that I was in fourth place behind me came in through um, a throw a few inches better than mine. So I didn't get to go my freshman year um, for either shot put or discus. And then, um, yeah. And then my sophomore year, I PR'd by like 30 feet in discus. And then I was able to come in. I came in as a number one seed to the state meet um, for discus that year. And unfortunately, I took second. Um, I was pretty disappointed about that because, you know, coming in as a one seed, you definitely want to like perform to what kind of came in at. Um, Yeah, I also, yeah, I made it put that year too, I think, but that was, I didn't hit the qualifying mark, but I placed second at regional. Um, And then, yeah, junior year, COVID happened and that took away (laughs) some opportunity. Um, Definitely like took away opportunity for getting better numbers and stuff like that but and then yeah senior year came around and then I actually came in as a number two seed to the state meet that year um shot put and discus but I was able to pull out the win um in discus and I took third in shot put so yeah so you pull off the win in the discus take third in the shot put and then just tell us a little bit about you know coaches reaching out coach Gus you know Right now, he's at Dickinson. You followed him there, but he was at Minot State uh, before that. So was he the one that would have recruited you? Yeah, so I actually reached him early my junior year. Um, I filled out a questionnaire on the Minot State website. Um, I did that with a few colleges, and he got in contact with me right away. Um, and I guess, like, we just kept really good with each other. And then that's um, in the end, that's where I decided that I wanted to um, pursue track and field that. Yeah, what, what was the, like... Was it was there one thing in specific, or just like the connection that you had with the coach, or uh, why why my not right away? Hold on, Cam. I think you need to rephrase that. It's it's why not my not right? Oh no, <laughs> missed opportunity. <laughs> um yeah, so the um major I decided I wanted to go into Minot State and UND were the only two schools in the state that had it. I think MSU Moore had had it has it as well, but um. Yeah, so I reached out to those two schools, and I guess in the end, Coach Gus, did, again, he did a really good job keeping in contact with me. Um, I liked what he was doing with the program at Minot State. Uh, Minot State is also a little bit cheaper for school than than yeah. UND is. Um, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I wanted to make the jump to the D1 level, I guess. I figured I probably had, because again, my marks weren't super, super great in high school, so... 
I figured I had a better chance of being a little bit more competitive at the D2 level. So I just decided that that was probably my best route to go. And yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad I did that. It worked out. That's so cool. And I love too how like so many people, like I just, just talking to a guy yesterday and he was a baseball guy, but it was like when he was in high school, he was like D1 or bust. And, you know, so oftentimes that's the mentality. It's so unfortunate because you get people with such great talent and they think if you're not D1, like, why are you doing it? And it's just the opposite. If you're passionate about it and you see improvements and you want to keep improving, find a place where you can do it, like Cam mentioned. So, so I'm super glad that, you know, you decided to go to Minot State and obviously it worked out because you own a couple school records there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and the UN coach that um, did recruit me, he actually left, um, left senior year of high school so he wasn't even like there or he's not even there anymore so mm-hmm. um, I'm glad I went to Minot State. yeah absolutely so tell us then about the transition from center North Dakota to Minot it's I mean Minot's still not a huge city but it's definitely uh, a big jump probably for you tell us about transitioning to college what was that freshman year like um, not even so much on the track but just like getting accustomed to school and the dorms and everything else that comes with it. Yeah. So I actually like grew up on a ranch between like center and Michigan. so um, I lived out in the country. So it was definitely different moving to this or moving to like a town, I guess. Um, I actually, I actually enjoyed it. Cause I guess like everything's there in town. It's different. You don't have to drive 30 minutes to get somewhere um, when you're like living in a town like that. <clears throat> um, yeah. It, I, I'm not gonna lie, it was definitely a little overwhelming at first. Um, school and track. Um, you know, I guess like in high school, you know every because I guess center is like a K through 12 school. So you pretty much know every single person, whether they're in the elementary school or middle school or high school. So it was definitely um not not recognizing every single person that you see in the cafeteria every day or classes. So that was definitely new. Um and I guess for tra- <laughs> My track, I don't even know the numbers that our track team had, but it was my senior very small. Most meets we traveled with like six people. So, and again, I didn't have a throwing coach my se- or sophomore through senior year. So my senior year, for example, most of my throwing practices were just a couple hours of throwing, straight throwing after school. Um, Doing college track, <laughs> there's definitely a lot more on this part of that. I mean, granted, I did lift in high school as well, but I know nothing I knew nothing about lifting in high school compared to like what you kind of learn um in college if that makes sense yeah. yeah what was like the the biggest thing you learned in that the first year of of college um just with like tr- school or like athletics yeah yeah let's let's stick stick on the track or in the field I guess we should say well, yeah <laughs> what's the biggest uh like athletic takeaway that you had in your first year literally just how important it is to like drill and the weight room is for your sport. Like I, I mean, you kind of understand that in high school, but like no one was really kind of pushing that on me. Um, that's probably the biggest thing is how I learned how important that stuff is to your sport. Talk to us a little bit just about like the, the competition, uh, in that first year, uh, you're with the team now, uh, you actually have a coach, um what what are some memorable competitions that come to mind from the from the first year yeah so um 
I was took me a couple took me a couple meets both indoor and outdoor um seasons actually hit marks that I wanted to hit um I would say one of the most memorable was when I hit like was probably when I hit my PR in Sheffield and that was at the SDSU meet um during the indoor season um yeah it was about six feet better than what my yeah about six feet better than what my high school mark so I was pretty, pretty happy about that. And then for the next few meets afterwards, I was able to kind of stay consistent around that. So that was good. Um, the conference meet for indoors is also kind of fun. Weight, I didn't throw as well in weight, but shop, but I was able to pull um out a fifth finish in the NSIC, which I was pretty proud of, I guess, because <laughs> women's throws at least, the NSIC is very competitive. So, um, I was very with that performance, especially since I was throwing against girls that were, you know, 20, 23, 24 years old. They had COVID years and retro years and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for outdoors, um, getting probably when I, um, broke the D2, um, era record in the, um, discus was probably one of my favorite meet or sorry, favorite memories of the outdoor season. And then of course, getting to nationals. Yeah. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about like, so you went through it kind of quick, but like fifth place finish a conference, like at that point, did you think like, all right, I can do this? Like, was that kind of like, you feel like maybe your breakout moment or was it the SDSU meet or where did you really feel like you kind of gained some traction and you said, I belong? Yeah, I would probably say that SDSU meet because yeah, I hit that's the meet that I hit my PR and shot put that season. And then that's also the meet that I broke the um, D2 era record for weight throw as well. So I did that both in the same meet. So I was like, okay, like now things are finally starting to come together. Like all this work is paying off. It just took me a couple of meets to kind of put things together, I guess. It throws me off so much that Minot State does the D2 era records. Like <laughs> it's, it's, I always just get so confused and wrapped up in my head. I guess it makes sense, but I'm always like, I don't know. For me, I, I yeah. just always have such a hard time keeping them straight. Yeah, I guess I'm not. I guess I'm not 100 sure, but I'm pretty sure they only like they don't have like because you know going to like an NDSU meet, you see like on their doors of their um indoor track field that they have like the top ten, you know, in every single like events. I don't know. I'm just not sure. Minot has like the records for that, so I think that's why they do like the D2 era records. And yeah, I get why that's kind of confusing. <laughs> It's it's just to not hurt somebody's feelings from back way back in the day who actually threw far and they might not say just doesn't want to admit that they don't have it written down somewhere that they threw that far or something. We can that that's a made up story that we can go with, Ryan. That that can be really easy. At least at least that's what I heard about that, because yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely impossible. I mean, I know Ryan, uh, Coach Baki at Red River, you know, he spent a lot of time going back and like creating those like the database of like records of past marks and stuff like that. And you know, I, I, yeah, I think I think you're right. Like, it's not something that every every school you know has done or thought to do. You know, in the time, and so you know, when they think to do it now, they got to do something to 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 show like a starting point. So, you know, if that's the case, Hey, I'm a believer in the D2 <laughs> era records now, if I wasn't before. So when you compete at NDSU, Corey and Cam, you can verify this too. The next time I'm there, I'll, I'll verify myself, but I think it's above the drinking fountains kind of near the bathroom. 
There's a couple of D2 boards. So it's like old NCC champions and it goes pretty far back. And there's like some of the names where they just have like question marks for the first name. Like they have the person, they had the person's last name recorded, but they don't have like the first name or it's just like an initial and it's not like to shorten it up. It's, you know, that they didn't have it. So um, I just like, like you said, there's probably a lot that just didn't get written down and they were like, Oh, well, we probably should have been keeping track of that. Yeah. Because I know like my high school didn't keep, or at least that I'm aware of, didn't keep, or they haven't kept any records on like any of that stuff. So yeah, (laughs) that's not uncommon. Yeah. So tell us then a little bit about outdoors. So indoors, you take fifth of conference, you set the school record in the weight throw, the D2 era record in the weight throw. (laughs) Um, But then outdoors, you qualify for nationals as a freshman, which is huge and i know we had coach del monaco on uh and he was talking when he was the head coach there talking about building up the program and for minot state how awesome to have a freshman thrower come in and and qualify just tell us about the the emotion and just the feelings of knowing you were going to get to go to the national meet yeah so discus has always been my favorite event and so um at the beginning of the season coach gus and i kind of set the goal like Hey, like let's make it. Let's try to make it to nationals for discus. Um, and so I were I worked very hard to try to achieve that. Um, and so when we when you Mary hosted their meet down at the Community Bowl in Bismarck, so that's where State Track is hosted every year. I was like, okay, like my family's gonna be here. I have friends here. Like I've thrown here, so like I know I can get throws that I want here. Um, and I actually hit all of my outdoor PRs, <laughs> all of my outdoor PRs for all three of my events at that meet. And that's the meet where I hit, um, yeah, the 155 mark in discus that got me into nationals. So pretty, pretty easy for you to say that, uh, is it safe to say that the Bismarck Bowl is the, the best track in the state of North Dakota? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I, so think, then- I think a lot of people agree with you. So then tell tell us a little bit about then the experience of getting to compete at nationals. Uh, Was it overwhelming? Were you excited, nervous? Tell us about, you know, once from the time you figure out, okay, I'm in to getting to compete. What was that like preparing for that? Yeah. So um, the way like it works D2 level, so you can hit the, so you pretty much can hit the Provo mark and still not make nationals. You know, it's like you have to be top. I think for D2, um, for discus this last season, it took 21 and I was number 18, I think. So I pretty much had to wait, though. It wasn't like I was top 10 the whole, um, you know, the whole outdoor. And I knew that I was going to get it. I pretty much had to wait until after, you know, conference championships and when everybody's meet results. And um, yeah, I had to kind of wait for that confirmation. And so I guess when I my coach kind of sent me the text like, hey, you're in. It was, it was so exciting. Like I, yeah, it was so exciting. And then tell us a little bit about the national meet uh, and your first experience getting to compete. What was that experience? Yeah. So it was super cool kind of, cause school was out at that point. Super cool getting to kind of train for two weeks, just throwing discus, um, not having schoolwork and all that stuff. And I guess getting to fly to a meet, I thought that was, a, I thought that was a pretty big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah going to the meet it's a very it was a very humble experience for sure um it's cool knowing that you're throwing against some of the best throwers you know in the um even though it's not d1 you're throwing against some of the best throwers like in the nation that um 
you know every everybody's good yeah like everybody's good like, I remember warm-ups every people were just launching these like bombs and I'm like man I gotta <laughs> I gotta pick it up here um yeah no it was, it was very fun it was very fun would you say it was more uh like did you have more nervous uh like energy or like excited energy yeah so I was more nervous for um NSIC conference championships for discus than I was for now I think it's because I was seated higher for conference champions championships versus um national so I think um the pressure wasn't on as much I mean granted I was nervous um but I would say I was probably more excited than anything <laughs> getting to have yeah. that opportunity to do that yeah was there a moment during the competition at nationals that you were able just to like stop and take a deep breath and, and really like be in the moment? I know in some of the biggest races that I ever ran, uh, when I try and think back to them, they're just such a blur. I, I, I don't remember anything cause I was so, uh, so excited, you know, uh, did you have, a, do you have a moment? Um, I don't know. I guess I was just kind of so, I feel like I was probably a little bit wound up and I was just so excited the whole time. I don't know if I ever took, now that I think about it, I don't know if I ever just took a minute to kind of like sit and enjoy the fact that I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it's, it's really tough to do in the, you know, cause, cause you're obviously still there trying to compete. So you have a very clear like focus that you have to, that you're there, you're trying to achieve something. So uh, I, I don't think it's uh it's wrong if you, if you don't take, take like a moment, but I just, you know, you, I, I feel like I hear stories of people when they go to the Olympics, you know, they, if they are lucky enough to make it a second time, the story is, is often like, Oh man, I don't remember a thing about the first time. So the second time I really tried to, you know, just take a moment, but it's uh it's interesting that that's kind of, uh, it's such a consistent experience that, that athletes have, you know, at all levels, you know, in whatever, like the biggest, competition is that they're they're competing in so yeah I mean maybe even though I wasn't like as nervous for that meet <laughs> I always put a lot of pressure on myself to do well so yeah. I guess I kind of had that that I would say that probably took over me just a little bit too much but yeah <laughs> yeah no I mean that that's the, that's the that's the that's part of the experience too so it's uh yeah it's just always interesting to hear how different people you know, respond in different ways, you know, like I was kind of saying earlier, sometimes it's like the really, really nervous. Sometimes it's like the really excited, uh, but they both kind of have like the same, just like, uh, you're almost in like a trance of, you know, they both, they both give up, they both like they're different, but they both give up the same kind of like, a, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's probably what keeps us coming back. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So, you rewrite the Minot school record book. Um, and then all of a sudden there's a coaching shakeup and Minot state is kind of seeing some coaches leave coach Delmonico isn't coming back. Uh, coach Gus decides that he's going to take the job at Dickinson state. Tell us about how did you find out the news? Cause I've been through a coaching change. It's it's, I don't want to say traumatic. That's a very strong word to use, but you know, when that's all, you know, and then all of a sudden it kind of gets, pulled out from under you what was it like when you first heard the news and maybe like how did you find out um 
so there was like a group chat that was like sent to all of us pretty much saying um they let us know like the new hire that was going on and then um coach Gus kind of let us throwers all know um kind of a little bit after that that he was going to be leaving so um I figured you know like I didn't have I didn't really have granted I had a coach that coached me online through high school um I really appreciate what coach Gus did for me my freshman year and I believed in what he did and I didn't really want that to stop um uh I wasn't really sure or we weren't really sure what the throwing coach situation was going to be like this year in Minot so I figured I didn't really want to take the chance and so I decided to make the move to Dickinson as well and coach Gus took me or took me with so and one, and one other girl teammate came with right away as well and so like how long did it take you to think about it were you sold like you heard he was leaving you were like yep I'm going or did you like weigh it was it a heavy decision it's so it's so weird because like you know I had like I had the program that I wanted there in Minot I had my friends I had very fun freshman year of college like I loved my team that I had up there but it was like I didn't really have I didn't really have to think that hard about it at all no that I was gonna do that it just kind of like felt like it's something that I should like I felt like I would be happier at Dickinson having a coach and having track be still stable in my life and staying at Minot and having track kind of be unknown I guess if that makes sense mm-hmm. and it's kind of cheesy but like when you know you know right you know yeah if it, it, <laughs> when you know you know you know but uh <laughs> no it just like it sometimes it makes sense and you don't have to think too hard about it and it just you had that stability and you had such good success. Why would you give that up? Why would you roll the dice and, and see? Yeah, I knew. Yeah, I knew I wanted to keep working with Coach Gus. So <laughs> tell us then about transitioning from Minot to Dickinson. How has this year been so far? I mean, obviously, you found some success on the track early on, but even just in the classroom and life, uh, how is getting accustomed to Dickinson? Yeah, so, um, we found out, or I found out Coach Gus was leaving at the end of July. So it was definitely, I had to pretty much transition really fast, you know, kind of getting myself prepared. Like, hey, I'm not going to be hanging out with my, you know, my teammates, my friends, my school, my program anymore. Um, And so it's pretty much like, yeah, like I'm pretty much starting over as a freshman, kind of. Um, So having to kind of get used to all new stuff again like that. Um, No, it was, I adjusted faster than I thought I would. It kind of took me again from a small town it took me a little bit um to get adjusted to kind of college life but I would we adjusted right away um coming to Dickinson yeah it's and I mean it's it's showing on the track obviously you know top marks so far uh nationally and uh you know things things seem to be going well um other than facilities and the place in the state of North Dakota um not I'm guessing not a whole lot has changed in terms of training um compared to last year but uh what where have you seen uh improvements in, in yourself in training uh since last year um I would say I'm definitely a lot stronger in the weight room um I put in a lot of work in that area over the summer as well with throwing um I guess Dickinson so it might not we shared a throwing field with Bishop Ryan the high school there yeah. Um, and then we did throw, so we threw on the third floor of the, of the dome in Minot. And I guess here we throw in a pretty big like area. So we have a lot more 
space to throw. And then Dickinson actually has their own like outdoor track and their own throwing ring. So it was nice kind of getting to have your, we get a lot more throws in this fall just because we didn't have to share with Bishop Ryan. And that's where they would practice football is on that um, track field. So we've definitely gotten like my teammates and I have gotten a lot more throws in this fall than what we did in Minot last year. It has helped as well. I saw that uh, Coach Gus had posted a reel the other day of you from a year ago to you throwing now. And, uh, you know, technique wise, it looked like, you know, you've cleaned a lot up in that one year. I think it was Hammer. And and then mm-hmm. uh, someone commented, though, they said, like, huge upgrade in facilities, too, because you're throwing. <laughs> it looks like in like the cattails almost. And and then all of a sudden yeah. you're at this beautiful throwing ring at Dickinson. So. I, I had a good chuckle yeah. when I saw that. <laughs> you know, it's definitely nice getting to have because I mean we made we made it work at Minot, um, which is fine, but it's getting to have like your own facilities that just like Dickinson State athletes get to practice on every day and throw on. So moving forward with the rest of indoor season, like you're number one in the country. Do you feel like there's a target on your back? How do you you know you've got the top mark? How do you you know, find that mentality to kind of like keep going and, and hold on to that spot? Well, a lot of the girls that are just right behind me, they're all returners. So I feel like I'm kind of the new one in their um, NAI world. So I definitely do feel like I'm going to have to for sure get a better mark if I want to keep that. And if I even want, I even if I want to get um, an All-American title, I'm going to have to throw better than that at national meet. Um, so I guess just kind of again. Yeah, I tell myself to never get complacent. I think that's huge because once that happens, then you pretty much stop working and you can't in track and field, you can't afford that. Yeah. What does the uh, what's the competition schedule look like for uh, for the indoor season going forward here? Yeah, so we go to you marry again this weekend and then I think we go to Black Hill State next weekend and then I think you and D. Then NDSU and then SCSU. And then we have indoor conference championships at SCSU again. And the nationals are also there as well a couple weeks after. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, it's uh, the crazy thing about indoors it always goes by so quick. It seems like you get back from break, you have this whole slate of meets. And then before you know it, you're prepping for conference and then for nationals. Yeah. Well, that's super exciting. We are so pumped to, you know, follow along. We're excited to see where the rest of indoor season takes you. And, you know, you're rewriting the book already. And we're we're pumped to see, you know, just the extent to which you can do that. You know, I'm very, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for hopping on too. You're the first Dickinson State person. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cam, but. No, I, I was, yeah, I think so. So we're, for the we're, west side of the state there. Yeah, we're pumped to get some Blue Hawk pride on here and uh, <laughs> to hear from uh, an athlete from, yeah, over on the western side of the state. Hey, we, we've been saying it. I know we're only a couple weeks into the year, Ryan, but this is the year of the field events, right? The year of the field <laughs> events on the podcast. So, I mean, we're off to a great start. You know, I don't know how we're going to keep keep ratcheting up the, you know, the – I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. You know, it's just such a, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. You know. Take it away, Ryan. Close this out here. I'm gonna... All right. Well, well, let's do this.
Corey, like what a, what field event do you want to hear on the podcast next? Does it have to be outside of throws? It doesn't no, it doesn't have oh. to be. Mm-hmm. We just gave you a lot of power. This is a this is a plot twist <laughs> I didn't see coming, Ryan. This is wow. I like it. It's like a choose your own adventure sort of book. Uh-huh. Podcast, <laughs> though. Um, have you guys had a pole vaulter on? Not you this know, year. Just just one. We had Mike Haroff, the Dickinson guy. Um, but yeah. Pole vault. Pole vault. I, 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 I like that. I think we can yeah. roll with pole vault. Let's get a pole vaulter on. Okay. Well, there yeah. you have it. <laughs> so right. you decide against that, you can always put another thrower on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, sounds good well Corey, we we thank you so much we know that we're holding you from practice you gotta you gotta go throw still tonight so have a great session tell coach gus that we say hi and uh like we said we'll be following along the rest of the indoor season good luck sounds good thank you so much for having me this is such a cool experience